welcome to What Time Is It, the Showtime podcast. My name is Felipe. And my name is Divya, and we're your hosts for the What Time Is It, a Showtime podcast series. We're part of Showtime, a committee under Campus Events and Entertainment at the University of Texas at Austin. We host events for the UT community for free. To learn more about Showtime, make sure to follow us on Instagram at UT Showtime and listen to our first podcast episode. Welcome back to our second episode of the semester. This episode is just Felipe and I, and since this is our first post-2020 episode, we're going to be focusing on what we've watched since we last recorded an episode for y'all. Felipe, what was the last movie you watched? Okay, so yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I watched uh, Netflix's new movie called Malcolm and Marie. It's a different movie, to say the least. It's with uh, Zendaya and John David Washington. Directed by the guy who did Euphoria, which is a great show, by the way. And it was recording, like, right as the pandemic started. I think it was April? Early months of uh, the pandemic. With a crew of 22 people in a house. Everyone secured in, like, a bubble. And just two actors giving it their best. Zendaya is amazing in it. Uh, John David Washington is also incredible. And it's not for everyone, I would say. It's a lot of conversation. It's a couple arguing about the relationship. But I enjoyed it a lot. It's not my favorite movie, but it's definitely a good watch if you have an hour and 40 minutes to spare. Yeah, I remember hearing about that back when the pandemic first started, partly because I think people were, you know, intrigued at the new direction that Zendaya's taking her acting career, you know, with Euphoria and this new movie. And also because they had a successful uh, film and shoot during the pandemic, unlike, uh, you know, some other movies that attempted and then got sick within like a day or two. Um, Batman. <laughs> they seem to do it a little bit better. So, you know, I, I haven't watched it yet, but it's definitely on my list of what to watch because I think they're, you know, I love Zendaya. Who doesn't? Um, I just want the best for Zendaya. Yeah, I feel like she's uh, like the Gen Z slash like end of the millennials like icon <laughs> <laughs> exactly anyway zivia what was the last movie you watched okay so the last movie i watched which uh spoiler alert showtime showed so felipe also saw it uh was promising young women which i actually finished watching uh like 32 minutes ago um before filming this episode and Honestly, I'm not going to spoil it, but it was difficult going from the ending of that movie immediately to setting up this episode recording with Felipe, but definitely recommend. Um, one of the producers is Margot Robbie, and you can definitely see her influence throughout the entire film. And I think that's actually one of the major critiques I've seen about the movie is that Margot Robbie should have played the main character in Promising Young Woman, but I honestly liked the casting choice. I liked the movie. There was a lot of twists and surprises in it and definitely recommend. It kind of has, it does kind of have a Margot Robbie-esque like feel to it, but that makes sense since she's a producer. Um, but yeah, if you're a fan of any of the Margot Robbie films, kind of in the same feel, and it's a really good revenge movie. It's a good slightly like coming to terms with that have happened and then not <laughs> kind of movie. Um, but I definitely recommend it was really good. 
What do you think about it, Felipe? Yeah, I forgot uh, about Margot Robbie producing it because I think she has like a, a production company that basically sponsors uh, female directors and female-led stories to like give them money and space to to create art, which is always incredible. And now that you think about it, I do think Margot Robbie would have been a good casting decision, especially because of all the bubblegum pop cinematography and she's she's very used to that and but i love carrie mulligan she is incredible she kills it in that role like it's insane what she does to that character i was happy with her i was thinking everything was going to be okay and then i was regretting thinking it's going to be okay she sold it so well also shout out to bo burnham i think i've i never seen him in a movie before and I'm not very familiar with his work. I know that he's a YouTuber and such, and he directed a movie, which I don't really... He was eighth grade, right? Yeah, I didn't really like that movie. But I think he was great in it, in this one. You know, he, he just sells the Kirky character. Probably a typecasting, but he just sells the Kirky character uh, really well. Yeah, I think... I agree. I could have seen Margot Robbie as the as the lead, and I think they took some of the imagery you know of course like the bubblegum pop kind of theme but i think some of the ways that they filmed some scenes was really uh margot robbie-esque you know they have the scenes of of the main character you know walking down the street with the wig on and the colors were kind of familiar the wig style was a little familiar the way she was holding um like the alcohol bottle and something else i think it was like her heels that was also very familiar to some other films we've seen. So I think there was a lot that I definitely don't think it was an accident. I think there was kind of a purposeful way that they filmed it and the colors that they used um, to kind of give viewers the same sense that they get from Margot Robbie scenes. But I think it, in some ways it kind of added to the power of it. And I definitely like how the main character's voice was. I don't know how to describe it, but her voice was very like strong the entire way like strong but like unemotional at the same time and I don't know something about the way she spoke I feel like added another dimension to the character which I really liked but yeah definitely a good good watch and yeah Bo Burnham I was like um what like when I saw him <laughs> on the screen because I did not know he was in it and I only knew eighth grade like I only knew about the movie eighth grade from him and so I was a little surprised, but I think he fit the character really well. Okay, so before that, it, it's going to feel like I'm the artsy guy who only watches black and white movies, but I also watched Mink, which is the new David Fincher movie starring Gary Oldman, and it tells a story about um, the the guy who wrote the script for Citizen Kane and his rush to finish it. And I also watched Citizen Kane, which makes this the third black and white movie. What am I, a film guy? <laughs> and so I watched that, and I loved Citizen Kane. Not only because it's a great movie, but also because what it represents for the film industry in general. But I didn't really like Mink. It was kind of dragging. It's, it's beautifully shot. I mean, David Fincher knows how to direct, but I don't think he's at his best. I think the story kind of drags and the things that I wanted to see kept getting like pushed aside for 
extra stories that I didn't really care or didn't really understand about. So, not a big fan of Mink, but a big fan of Citizen Kane. Is it bad that I haven't seen Citizen Kane yet? Like, it's something I hear, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll watch it, and then it kind of... <laughs> I mean, I only watched it to watch this movie, which I don't know if it makes me a true cinephile or makes me a fake cinephile. Because I should have watched it way sooner, but I watched it like a month ago. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, so not too late for me to fit in with the, the artsy cinematography crowd. Um... Yeah, I think I need to watch Citizen Kane. You know, like I keep it's one of those movies that keeps coming up and you're like, yeah, 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 I'll watch it. You know, I should watch it. And then I just forget. Like I think because it's it's not like a like a new and upcoming movie. And so when you do hear it, it's like far in between, you know, like you don't hear it every day. So it's something I just forget over time. But um yeah, definitely on my list. And to kind of counteract your your artsy side, I'm going to go with a Netflix movie, which was the one I saw last, um, which was Enola Holmes. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, I know I watched it kind of late. I was a little bit late to the hype about it, but I don't know. I left feeling kind of eh about it. Like, I know a lot of people liked it. Um, I think Henry Cavill was like, okay as Sherlock Holmes he was all right you know but I think uh I got pretty used to seeing you know the OG Sherlock Holmes and Benedict Cumberbatch and both of those I was cool with but I think Henry Cavill was like I haven't gotten used to him as Sherlock Holmes yet so I was kind of in a weird like I was in a weird space I think when I saw him uh playing as Sherlock Holmes I think um oh shoot what's her name Billy, no, yeah, Millie. Why did I say Billy? <laughs> I was thinking Billy Eilish. Um, it's Millie, Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown. Yeah. So there are a bunch of bees, <laughs> then a Millie. Yeah, there's too many bees. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Millie did well in the movie. I just wasn't sure. Like, to be honest, I can't tell you why I was kind of mad about it. But. Maybe it's because I didn't watch the last ten percent. I only went through ninety percent of it, so maybe, maybe the last ten percent. You didn't finish it. Mind. I could never do that. Like <laughs> I, I, I like it's insane. I can never like leave a movie unfinished. It's I like I used to be like that. I could never, like I could never start a movie late. That was my biggest pet peeve. Is when people start and I come in like even if it's thirty seconds, I want to see those thirty seconds I missed because those are important. And I need the full experience. Sometimes I even want to see the intro, like it just music and like the name of the company flashing by. I like seeing that. I need the full experience. But like, I think recently with the pandemic and stuff, and I've been watching things with other people, and it kind of depends on their schedule. You know, how far do we get into the movie before one person in a group of like 10 has to leave? And then... You know, we can't finish it until everybody comes back. So I kind of got used to, like, randomly leaving movies with 10 minutes left. I think with Enola Holmes, there was, like, a solid, like, 20 minutes left, though. So, you know, that can totally change my mind on a movie. But unfortunately, I'm starting to get used to not finishing a movie until weeks later. And it's it's a sad fact. But I still cannot cannot miss the first anything like i need to see it from the beginning yeah. to end but i'm okay i if hate i, take I hate getting between. getting movies halfway through it's like it's not for me not for me 
yeah, I would rather just like never watch the movie. <laughs> to be exactly. honest, exactly. Sometimes <laughs> my my like my parents are in the living room and like, oh, you should watch this movie. It's like half an hour. It started half an hour ago, and I'm like, you either go <laughs> those half an hour area. I'm not watching it. Yeah, I like. I considered watching Tenet with with some friends, but they were already like they had already started it. And this was actually like the third time somebody invited me to watch Tenet with them. But every time they either watched it without me or they started it without me. And so like I would see maybe like the last 90%, but I was still like, I'd rather never watch it than watch only the last 90% with you. Nothing to do with you. It all has to do with me, but I just can't. Yeah. And I mean, to contradict myself a bit, Something that I did during this break was, so when I was going to Austin for the first time, my freshman year, uh, during the plane, I watched Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman, and oh. I never finished it because the plane landed. Oh, no. And I kind of forgot about it because I started school and then everything happened. So I basically never finished watching it. And it was always like, oh, I should finish this. I should finish this. And it's been so long that I just literally restarted it a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, actually, to to watch the second one that was releasing. And I watched both. And I can definitely say the first one is a lot better than the second one. The second one is not that good. Not It's not a bad movie. It's just not really good. Hmm. I watched... The first one. Really liked the first one. I think it was done really well. It gives you that, like, there were some scenes in the movie that kind of make you feel like a superhero. And I think that's when, like, that's when those kind of movies, like, really do well, I think, is when you, like, feel it. I don't know how to describe it. It's like when you're at a concert and the bass is so loud that you feel like that's actually, like, your heart pumping at the same <laughs> rate as the bass. I don't know if that's just me. That's such a weird comparison. <laughs> I feel you, but that's such a weird comparison. It's like it's the exact same feeling. It's like you're in the movie, and it's like you're in the bass. You know, like it's the same thing, basically. But <laughs> yeah, I felt like the first Wonder Woman movie did that to me. I haven't watched the second yet, and I've been spoiling myself by what, like reading reviews, which I really need to stop doing. That's something the pandemic has like ruined is that I can't see movies right when they come out. And so I read reviews and I'm like, oh, God, why do they keep telling me things? But that's literally their job as a reviewer. Um, but yeah, I haven't watched the second one yet. I watched the trailer and I already kind of had a weird feeling about it. Um, but I think a lot of people had a weird feeling based on the trailer. Um but yeah, I'm going to totally forget you said that so that I don't go into the second one with any sad feelings. But yeah, I it's, think there's a lot not of people a bad movie. who would agree it's with just, you. It's not like it's not a movie that's going to make you leave like feeling mad at how bad it was. It's just not a movie that's going to make you feel hyped like the first one did. Even though the first one the ending like so I told this entire story about how I landed on like i landed in austin and then i finally got to watch the ending of wonder woman but i did fall asleep during a couple parts of the ending when i was watching i mean i was very i was very tired but still the movie kind of loses itself towards the end still overall 
I think maybe because it was kind of, I mean, to the best of my memory, the end was kind of like really sentimental, right? Like sentimental and sad. Yeah, but it, it just turned into a CGI blob. <laughs> from what I was awake to witness. Ah, okay. I think Wonder Woman had a really good, like, start and a really good middle. But to be honest, I don't remember the end, which probably says something. And it's probably similar to what you're trying to say, that the end wasn't uh, kind of fizzled out a little bit. Because now that I think about it, I really remember the beginning and the middle. And only a vague sense of what the end was. So kind of relate on that note. And I think another movie I watched during the break, which is the end of the movies I watched during the break, I did not watch many. And as a movie lover, that's really sad. But I was unfortunately busy um, with applications and stuff. But the third and last movie that I watched this summer, somewhat superhero, not really superhero. I watched Casino Royale. So I don't know if I'd call James Bond a superhero, but kind of sort of in the same lane, I guess. Um, it counts. Uh, <laughs> I've never been a fan of James Bond. So I think my review of the movie is definitely biased. So I'm not even going to give it. But um, it was better than I thought it would be, to be honest. I think Casino Royale had a better plot than some of the other James Bond movies I've seen. Granted, I saw those when I was like 10 and younger and absolutely did not like them at all and took like a 10-year hiatus from watching James Bond movies. So it's possible 10 years of brain development had to do with me liking Casino Royale more than other James Bond movies, but... I felt like the plot was decent, better than the other James Bond movies. Uh, would I watch another James Bond movie on my own? Probably not, but I didn't think it was bad. Maybe because I don't watch action movies, that's possible. Yeah, I, I can't tell you the last time I watched a James Bond movie. The next one coming up is promising, though. What's the next one coming up? It's No Time to Die. It's coming up when because of the pandemic. Maybe I'll give it a try. Yeah, it, I think it I should be promising. more open to action movies. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll think about it. I'll think. Well, if it's from our artsy Felipe, like, we gotta it's, believe it's promising if he says it's promising. So don't don't do that to me. Don't call me artsy Felipe. I, I'm not just, just <laughs> that. I watched three black and white movies. Okay, I swear all of the other ones were in color. The more black and white movies, the more RFC you are. So the more people should listen to you. This is coming from somebody who's watched, uh, I think, like two black and white movies in her entire life. So clearly don't listen to me because I love my Netflix movies. I mean, I can destroy my artsy cinema reputation right now and redeem myself because in the 2020 review podcast, I told Santiago that I wanted to see Tenet because Santiago hated Tenet. And I thought I just wanted to watch it because I wanted to see the train wreck that it is. And then I watched it and I loved it. It has no character development, no emotion whatsoever, but it has awesome action scenes and I'm <laughs> here for it. I'm trying to understand the science. Christopher Nolan is, is explaining it to me like seven times and I'm still like mind blow every single time. <laughs> So, you know, I'm just 
I'm, I'm just like everyone else. I'm a Christopher Nolan fan. Ugh. I'm, I'm not a Christopher <laughs> Nolan fan. I'm a Christopher Nolan's movies fan. Especially Tenet. I really like Tenet. Huh. As a, as a character development stan, I'm, I'm going to have to go and watch and come back to you on that. Because, okay, I'm also an action, not a hater. I will say disliker when they fill in other plot points with just action that's what i didn't like about the james bond movies but there there was character development in casino royale there might have been in the other movies that i didn't see because i was so young but yeah i don't know i'm gonna have to get back to you on that because you know i do have a problem with action i mean it's it's not even only the action it's the sci-fi of it all it's the the filmmaking and technology and then the concepts behind it i'm just a, a sciencey person so that that got me hmm okay i'd say i'm a sciencey person but not when it comes to movies i think i turn into like an emotional blob and i just like really enjoy seeing any kind of like development at all in the in the movie so but i don't know like there's been action movies i've seen before that were like I can't even remember the name. That's how like that's how little like character development and like character attachment happened. I don't remember the name of the movie. I don't remember the names of the characters. Cannot even tell you what happened. But I remember the action scenes. Like I remember where they were, how it was shot. I can tell you where each character was. I can't tell you what their names were or like what their role was in the movie. But the action was it was like a French film too and like which is so random, but I don't know, like sometimes action is done really well to where it's memorable, even if I didn't like it and it didn't even need any kind of character attachment or development to be good. So it's possible. And I think I'll check out Tenet. I'll see if it reminds me of that French movie that is leaving my brain as to what it was called. I don't know any French action movies, so I can't help you. <laughs> I think it was like a bank heist, but like... Other than that, I don't remember. But yeah, I will say I have, I ruined my credibility very early on into this podcast when I announced myself as a Twilight stan, but <laughs> I have no shame. It's coming so back, okay? It is coming back, and I don't know why, because I think the only reason I am a Twilight stan is because it came out when I was a kid and it's nostalgic, so not really sure why it's coming back, but you know, I ain't gonna hate. I mean, I am not a Twilight stan, but something I was when I was in middle school was a <laughs> hater because I was 100% team Harry Potter. You didn't have to be one or the other. You could have like. I both. know, but I didn't know that when I was <laughs> 10. That was not something that I was aware of, like liking both because it was either team I love Harry Potter and I hate Twilight or team I hate Harry Potter and I love Twilight interesting that's the new like edward versus jacob <laughs> was like harry potter versus twilight like i literally liked a bunch of pages who just <laughs> talk shit about twilight and i mean not at my best but speaking of harry potter i am making my way through the films one more time and i'm only halfway through film three because i'm watching it with my family so it's kind of hard to schedule everything and they are really long like mm -hmm. they're two hours and 40 minutes like each i do not remember them being that long 
<laughs> up there really long. I, okay, since we were briefly mentioning middle school, I think like, okay, well, you're a little bit younger than me. So I think this is more like early high school for me was when I was like into Twilight. And I won't say I was a Harry Potter hater, but I didn't read the books and people like translated that as me being a Harry Potter hater and a Twilight lover. So like, I guess I did pick a side in that debate without knowing it. But I liked the movies. I just never read the books because I was like, the movies are two hours and 40 minutes, which means the books got to be super long. And I just couldn't get myself into it. But, you know, the movies are good. They're not the most like, well, I don't know. They're rewatchable, but the entire series is not the most rewatchable because it takes like 24 hours out of your life to rewatch them. But they're good. Solid, solid series. Oh, you know what else I watched? It, this, it's like this small movie. It's not that small, but it's a small movie. It's starring uh, Joe Curie from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. He plays Steve. And it's about basically a Uber, an Uber driver who is looking for clout, as you might call. And he's about to do anything for that clout, including murder. So the movie's called Spree, and it's like it takes place entirely in like live streams and Instagram stories, and then like phones and such a thing, which I something that I always find interesting. And I read a review about this that said this is the first time a movie about the internet is looks like it's made by someone who uses the internet because it's <laughs> always like these weird things i don't know like people not acting like they would on the internet but in this movie it's just like the guy's killing someone and someone just types pog on the chat you know it's just just something that you have to be an avid user of the internet to get not nuances because it sounds like i'm a dick and i'm talking about like something super deep and i'm talking about (laughs) to get the slang i guess yeah and but it's just it's really great it nails the user interface which as an amateur software engineer i love seeing user interfaces done right so <laughs> that's got it going for it and it's like a one hour and a half movie it's a really fast watch it's a really cool watch and it's it's different but it's really cool i think it's something i'll check out because i have enjoyed watching the movies that have interesting points of view and I remember I watched a movie I always forget the titles of movies and I hate that about myself but uh there was that recent movie where the guy's daughter went missing and he like tried to find yeah searching so yeah he like tried to find her using like social media and like the internet and stuff and I think it was done well it was interesting but I think the way he was like looking for her like wasn't reflective of the kinds of social media and like messaging things that teenagers actually use I think it was like a a parent's understanding of like how kids communicate and things like that and I don't know like the teenager's behavior in that movie was also a little bit strange to me and I'm like maybe I'm just old but like I don't think that teenagers act like this so I I think it's good when like they make these kind of movies 
I'm sure they had input from the actors who are that age. Um, so I think it's good that they did it through like, you know, Insta stories and Insta reels or whatever they did. Uh, because I think it's a little bit more accurate to this generation. And like, it's kind of interesting they're making a movie about that because I recently wa- like read a bunch of articles about like TikTok murderers. Apparently there's multiple of them trying to get famous on TikTok through murder. So what? apparently this is a thing. And like, what did we expect? Because, you know, the Tide Pod thing wasn't that long ago. So that's true. You know. So speaking about murders, it's not really a murder film, but it's a death film. It's a it's a documentary, a Netflix documentary called Dick Johnson is Dead. So basically this filmmaker, her dad was starting to lose his ability to to remember who she is. And he's starting to like decay into a more ill state. And she decides to document his life and like his final days, which is a different and interesting concept, which is also heartbreaking because like the movie is called Dick Johnson is Dead and they reenact his death multiple times. So sometimes he he's just walking and talking about his life and then he falls out the stair. But it's not like him. It's a body double, but you can tell. So it's he just like dies out of nowhere. And you're like, whoa, whoa. And it takes you a couple seconds. Okay, this is the purpose of the movie. He's not dead. He's alive. You're good. So it's not the most happy. And there's like, he attends his own funeral, which is very sad. And it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll say I'll say that it's it's curious and it's very different. I watch a lot of different movies. I feel like I've called five of the movies I watch today uh, different, but what can I say? Yeah, I think all the ones you've mentioned have been really different. I definitely thought that was going to go a lot different than what you mentioned uh, because you started it off with saying speaking of murder. So I thought like. You know, she was going to document his life and then find out, like, he was involved in a murder in some way. But, yeah, definitely took a different turn. I think that's an interesting an interesting documentary style, too. Because, you know, with the title, I do see how, like, somebody falling down the stairs, you're going to be like, oh, God, that's how he died. And being really surprised, you know, especially with the title. So I think that's an interesting documentary concept. I do like documentaries a lot. I think when I was younger, I didn't. but. Also, I feel like the ones I watched when I was younger had the same kind of style. Um, Because I think in some ways, like, it's easy to make a documentary kind of on the information-heavy side. And I think the ones I watched when I was younger kind of missed out on, like, the art side of making a documentary. And I think in, in the recent years, I've been, like, actively looking out for good documentaries that have more of an artistic angle to them, which I think adds to the storytelling a lot. Exactly. Uh, I remember to this day the trauma that it was for me to watch a March of the Penguins, which is like a, it's probably not that long, but I remember it being a four-hour documentary that I was watching in a movie theater, and like my parents wanted to watch it, so I couldn't leave. 
and I was like very young and I was like god get these penguins off the screen I do not care about their migration <laughs> patterns uh, I don't know what I was expecting I don't know if I was expecting like surfs up or the happy feet or something yeah <laughs> But it was not that, and I I'm, I was kind of traumatized by documentaries throughout most of my childhood. And I'm low-key surprised that, there was a four-hour penguin documentary being shown. It was in probably a not four. It felt like it felt like four. Oh, hours. okay. It was four hours. Okay. But I mean, when there's a British narrator talking about penguins and how they procreate, you you're not gonna have five-year-olds attention. <laughs> It, it's just not. It's now. always the British narrator. <laughs> it is. So there was a there was like an Earth Channel documentary that Will Smith uh, narrated, and I I thought it was really like entertaining because he's an entertainer, you know. I feel like the the typical like British narrating voice just like my brain just automatically drowns it out now. No, like. Unless they're especially entertaining, my brain just doesn't want to hear it. Oh, it was National Geographic, One Strange Rock, if y'all want to watch it. Okay, so I know we were very busy being a responsible adult and applying to grad school. But did you end up watching Soul, the new Pixar movie? Okay, so Soul... The ads have come up on my phone because I keep looking up Soul because I like... The amount of times I've looked up soul duration time, because I'm trying to see if I can fit it in, like, <laughs> between gaps in my interviews, which is not a good idea. You should not watch movies between gaps of your interviews. You should be preparing for your next interview. But I would, like, I looked up soul duration time, like, four or five times at least. And I don't know why I kept forgetting how long it lasted. I just remembered it didn't fit between this gap of interviews. So let me look it up next time. And... Yeah, I keep getting ads for Soul now, and every time I watch the ad, I don't even skip the ad because I'm like, oh, I must see it. But I will. I will honestly probably watch it tomorrow because I finished, uh, for our listeners, uh, on the day we edited this, I mean, on the day we filmed this, I finished like my entire interview process yesterday. So this is my first free day in like, and she got I a can't COVID even tell you how long. Divya is out of control right now <laughs> yeah so i will be watching soul i will be watching a movie a day to catch up with everything i've missed um and soul is definitely the first one because those ads have been mocking me i don't even skip them because i know that i have to torture myself and watch the whole thing until i can watch the movie but i've watched a lot of reviews of soul too and everybody seems to love it and at least from the ads, I can even tell that it's animated really well. And, like, it's very expressive. And I like the, the animation style. I like the way it was voiced. Um, and I haven't seen the, the actual movie yet, so I can't talk about the plot. But I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, Soul is the one movie that I was disappointed I did not watch in a movie theater. I mean, of course I was disappointed. Oh, I was like, where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like, because I, I enjoyed the movie. I just... The the beautifulness of it all just didn't really click with me in this tiny ass screen that I was watching it in with the horrible Portuguese Disney Plus executives. If you were listening to me, uh, please fix the Portuguese subtitles in Seoul because I think they got like the subtitles made 
like with audio description for people who cannot hear the movie, which is great. The subtitles were according to the to the Portuguese dub, and I was watching the English version with those uh, subtitles. So it was just a weird like mix and oh. things that lines were changed. Mm-hmm. And then I was trying to pay attention to what they were saying and to what I was reading. And then it was just very confusing. So I did not, I think the experience of it all was kind of lost on me a bit. Maybe I can watch it in a theater someday, but it's still, it's still a very good movie. And I love Tina Fey. So, and Alicia Braga. Shout out to her. Well, to the entire Disney executive team, and I know you all watch our podcast. Yes, they are regular listeners. Um, please take Felipe's criticism into account. <laughs> Thanks for listening into our post-2020 watches. Let us know what you watch on our social media at UT Showtime on Instagram. Make sure to check out our other podcast episodes, and if you're interested in joining Showtime, let us know. You can sign up to watch Ammonite, a romantic lesbian film starring Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan, which loosely depicts the life of paleontologist Mary Anning. You can sign up to watch the film on our Facebook page at Campus Events and Entertainment. Make sure to sign up by February 9th to secure your spot. Thanks for listening in.